You're listening to The Pursuit, a podcast from the Salem Baptist Church of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The Pursuit is a podcast designed to help people find and pursue life in Jesus through transparent conversations about God, His Word, and His Church. You can find more about Salem Baptist Church by visiting our website at salembaptistnow.org. All right, well, welcome to another episode of The Pursuit. My name is Rick Kleinard. I'm the pastor of education and discipleship here at Salem Baptist Church. And I'm joined today by our senior pastor, Kivit Hicks. Hi, Kivit. How are you doing today? Hey, it's good to be here. It's great to be able to sit down and talk through what we're talking through today. Yeah, this is a topic we decided we wanted to really uh, hit on an issue that is making kind of a, a splash now, or people really want to talk about it now. Um, it's the c- question that I get a lot. I know you get a lot. And it's maybe it's framed this way, is, Pastor, are we living in the end times with all that's happening right now with, with pandemics and, and the, the issues with justice and uh, things like that? When we get, we get parishioners, we get members of our church asking us this question. Uh, as a teacher, I get this from students. Um, let's, we just want to talk about it, this idea of eschatology. Is it important to study as a, at a local church? I know some local churches that just stay away from it completely. Mm-hmm. I know some churches that focus on it more than they should, in my opinion. But we just want to kind of have a conversation today about the end times. Yeah. Well, see, guys like me and you enjoy talking about the end times. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> figuring out there's a lot of other people, too. Um, but then you got some who, who don't really care too much at all about it. Um, and in fact, would say, why in the world are you creating a podcast about the end times? It's kind of morbid a little bit. But but it's honestly not because it's it, for the believer, it fills us with, with hope about things to come. And I think it's great for us to spend some time talking about uh, and, and, and maybe better understanding the end times, what the Bible has to say about eschatology, but then um, but then also maybe where we fit into that right now and, and the, the time period that we find ourselves in. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. Uh, guys like us like to talk about this. Um, and just real quick, why the discussion I think is so popular now or for whatever reason, um, I think sometimes people come at the discussion of eschatology in two different ways. And there's probably a, on the spectrum here, there's probably some places in the middle. Um, number one, I, I think the good reason why we study eschatology uh, is for comfort, mm-hmm. knowing that we live in a world that is broken. We see it, obviously, mm-hmm. and that the only hope for this broken world is Christ's kingdom. Now, the other side of that, I think, sometimes can become the reason why people like to talk about it, is maybe better said doctrinal pride. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of like to, we like to build our walls up and build our camps up and see who kind of fits in. And I think that's the, I personally believe that's a wrong way and a, bad, a wrong reason for studying this, this dis- yeah. having this discussion. You know, um, recently, and I would say recently, but the last couple of months, I've gotten an uptick in number of Facebook messages from people who are uh, pushing one, uh, we'll just call it a conspiracy theory about, <laughs> about yeah. the end times. Yeah. You know, hey, this and this and this and this and this is happening behind the scenes. Nobody sees it except for me. And right. this tells me that Jesus is going to come back on this is such and such day. Yeah. You know, and they're not always that specific, but we do see that uptick um, taking place right now. And, and that would be what I would characterize as like you're talking about there, that doctrinal pride, um, that the arrogance that comes about of my way is the only way. And if you don't agree with what I say, or if you don't agree with what I believe, then I'm not going to have anything to do with you. Um, 
But that's not at all what I believe we should, and I think we're together in this, mm-hmm. what we should think or what we should believe, really how we should act. It's good for us to sit down and have dialogue about what does one person believe and what does another person believe. Um, you and I even do that sometimes. We differ periodically on mm-hmm. here's where we at, here's where we land, and that's a good thing. Yeah. And I have to admit that um, coming out of college, um, in a Bible college, I came out, once I graduated, I came out with a lot of doctrinal pride. I had all the answers because I just had my freshly minted uh, undergrad degree, um, yeah. which, okay. Uh, but it wasn't until you know God allowed me to, to, to study more and grow more and understanding some things. I, I, I hope that the Lord has softened those, softened those edges with me. Um, my wife could probably tell you, maybe not as much, but um, there are some things that I, I would say I used to hold them with a very tight grip. Now I kind of have a loose grip, still hold them, but the, it's not as tight as it once was. Mm-hmm. So I thought we, we, what we could do today is talk a little bit about uh, this. So first kind of thought, maybe we could just ask this one. Yeah. When we're talking about the end times, what are we, what are we meaning by that term? Are we, mm-hmm. are we talking about just get out a chart Let's map out signs until the end. What do we want uh, anyone listening to this podcast to really know about what we hold to mm-hmm. with the end times? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of things here that, that I think of right away. And, and first of all, most people think end times and they think very apocalyptic. They think very, you know, just, just nasty, very um, even gory stuff um, taking place. That is... Yes, it's a part of of what's going to happen in the future, but there's a much bigger plan that's in place. And yeah, we want to understand what we believe from the Bible to be the the, the order of, of what's coming. Um, so we'll, we'll spend some time talking about that here in just a moment. But then also as as we as we think about the end times, um, we can't forget that since the beginning of the church. Um, we have been living in the end times. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, Jesus' promise was that he would return someday, but there was never a promise of I'll return on such and such date. And so as believers, we are living in end times. We, we continue to look for the return of Jesus. And um, so, so kind of a little bit of a dichotomy there. Um, yeah, they haven't come per se yet in the last order of things, but we are already living in them. Yeah, a matter of fact, when we talk about the, the last days, that's actually what eschatology means. It's not just a study of the end times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the study of the word is last. The eschatos means last, the study of the last days. The early church, um, their view was from the first coming of Christ until his second coming are the last days. Yeah. So, yeah, we are living in the last days, but so was everybody in the history of the church. That brings up a, a good point to make here. Um, cause, okay, so I'm a nerd, self proclaimed, especially with church history, Mm -hmm. um, doing some stuff here. I think theology, what's interesting about theology is that it is developed during circumstances in our world Mm -hmm. that exists. So, for example, uh, if you you look back at the very beginning of church history and look at some of what what the early church fathers said, overwhelming majority of the church fathers held to what's called a premillennial view. And that's just saying that Christ is going to physically, literally return to earth and set up his kingdom that's prophesied in the Old Testament. Um, so all the early church fathers all held to that view. And that's from the first century on to the fourth. But something happened in the fourth century that, that changed it to a different view called amillennialism, that there is no literal kingdom. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should interpret those passages, especially in Revelation 20, 
as something else. And so um, that's called amillennialism. Now, here's a couple of things, and I'll, I'll, I won't go too far on it. Um, number one was when Constantine made Christianity legal. Um, in 313, when Christianity became legal, no longer persecuted, those premillennial hopes of someday Christ is going to fix this broken world with a kingdom and all the persecution will end, that, that stopped being kind of a thrust. Then when Rome fell around in 400, 455 A.D., and then Augustine wrote City of God, in which he espoused an amillennial view, and he focused that the church is that kingdom that is we're waiting on. That became really the focus. And then the Reformers held to that because they loved Augustine too. Then later on, another view came up called post-millennial, which is the idea that Christ is going to return after a period of time in which people everywhere are going to convert to Christianity, world governments are going to support the church, Christianity becomes pure in faith and practice. Guys like Char- Jonathan Edwards, Charles Finney, and the Puritan theologians all held to that. But then after the Civil War, you see a switch back to pre-mill under D.L. Moody and, and all that. So yeah. I say that to say what we're experiencing right now, leading people to talk about eschatology, is nothing new. Right. It's been happening all through church history. Yeah. yeah, and there's adaptations that have taken place all over. I mean, even individuals who would have been in one camp you see them over time often adapting into another camp. And, and that's the beauty of Scripture. We, we will never exhaust the, uh, the wonder and the, the, the um, searching. We'll never exhaust Scripture in any way. There's always things to be found, always things, not new things. Scripture is what it is. But as, as we are sanctified and as we learn more about um, God's word and about God Himself, then He adapts us, uh, and so that's one of the things that I appreciate the most about Scripture, and it's particularly about this topic we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, so, quick question here: What about what if we asked? What if somebody was asking the question, "Why should I care about this? Yeah. Why don't I just focus on loving God and loving my neighbor? Yeah. Why do I even need to care about the things to come?" Right. Well, I think one of the biggest things is is very simply that. Um, that we live in a world that is full of pain. Uh, we live in a world that is sin-cursed. And while there are things that bring us joy on this earth right now, we as believers are looking to another world because we don't belong to this one. We look to another one because we belong to the kingdom of heaven. And one of the things that the study of, of the end times, es- eschatology, one of the things eschatology provides us is that hope for the future looking ahead at, at what has God got planned for the future? Um, how is he going to be victorious over all of the sin and death? You know, not long ago, my son and I had a conversation. It was actually the night that he got saved, and, and we had this conversation about he was so angry at Satan. Why does Satan get to keep winning, and why? You know, it was, it was fantastic. He was asking deep theological questions, and I was like, okay, i got to keep up here. And somehow explained to my six-year-old son all this stuff. But, um, but I was able to explain to him, hey, hey man, yeah, we live in this, in this world where your brothers are going to be mean to you sometimes, and you're going to be mean to your brothers sometimes, um, and there's going to be some difficult things, but God made us for another kingdom and another world, one that is perfect. And, and that actually filled him with hope so much that then he started asking questions, how do I enter into that and how do I? How can I be saved? And so that's what led to the conversation where he ultimately accepted Jesus. And and that's um, so that's that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I think about eschatology being so important. 
But then another is just so that we don't get um, swayed or or thrown off balance by all the different um, stupid, I just use that word, (laughs) Uh, ideologies and the... uh, and the things that people throw out there that, that we they say we should be understanding or seeing or whatever. No, we, we hold to God's word. And, and that's what gives us a compass for, for what to believe and how to think. So that's just a couple of things that come, come to my mind right off the bat. Um, what yeah. about you? You got anything to add to that? Well, I would agree, especially that story with you talking about with your son. If it's if it's not practical where I can take it home, then mm-hmm. then that's, that's a... I need to pitch it. But I think this is a very practical thing. Now, I think sometimes people can get over-focused, as we've mentioned before, the idea that um, they're gonna, they've got everything mapped out, and that's not a shot against charts or things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just we get so focused on the, min- the minute details, and we miss the big picture. Yeah. The big picture, when it's presented in the New Testament, is it's meant to be comforting. Uh, you know, First Thess 4, Paul says, comfort one another with the words, the idea that Christ will return. Then you have it commonly called the blessed hope in the New Testament, the, the coming of Christ. So this is meant to give us comfort mm-hmm. because we live in, a, a like you said, a sin-cursed world and a broken world. I was speaking with someone today, and at the time of this recording, we are still in our state. We're kind of in phase two of, of the COVID-19 orders and things like that. And we were talking about what this time period has kind of brought to us. Mm-hmm. And I made the statement of the, 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 pers- the guy who discipled me used to use the phrase, don't let your roots get too deep, meaning that don't get so caught up in this world that you miss that you are a part of another kingdom. Mm. And um, I hear it, mm-hmm. totally amen it, but then you get married, then you have kids, and then you get ministry, and then you get serving the Lord, maybe your career, and you, you, you don't mean to, you just, your roots got deep. Mm. And so with our world today, the way it is with, with you have the pandemic, you have social justice issues, racism, and, and people just at each other constantly. Um, a couple nights, a couple weeks ago, um, I was just talking to the Lord. And I was like, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it's, I, I want to keep serving. I want more people to come and to know the, uh, to know Christ. Yeah. But boy, this is a, it's a dark world we live in. Yeah. And my roots are, I think the, the Lord allowed all this to happen for one reason was to just hit the reset button and show me that my roots were getting too deep. And so I wasn't looking for a hope in the future. I was looking at life now, and I'm just thankful for that. You know, you talk about that hope, and I think about the fact that that hope is for believers only, though. Mm. You know, and um, the end times, yes, should provide hope for the believer, um, but it's a, it's a day of fear for, um, for the unbeliever. It's a day of destruction and an eternal death for those who don't know Jesus. And so along with that hope, it should also provide an urgency. Mm-hmm. We're, we're supposed to be doing something about the death. We're supposed to be doing something about the lostness. And, and that's where, that's where it, it should be, and oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes we forget about this. And we concentrate so much on the hope that we completely forget about the urgency, but and that's where we should be pursuing the unsaved neighbors and the unsaved family members and those who, who don't know Jesus, yeah. um, that are loved ones of ours or, or the person that we meet. Um, you know, right now, hardly anybody's flying an airplane, but, you know, right. sitting beside you on an airplane. Yeah. Um, but or you never see that person again, but you have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. Yeah, Pastor, that's a good point. Um, and as you said that, I thought of there are two types of eschatology. Um, there's a, what's called a 
universal eschatology, which is what most people are thinking about, what's going to happen worldwide. But then there's a personal eschatology. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to me mm-hmm. at, at the end? And everybody we meet has a personal eschatology. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, the often quote I use a lot from C.S. Lewis is that there are no ordinary people. We've never met one. Um, every being that we meet, from the person who gets me my coffee in the morning, uh, who the, the guy on the subway or whatever I'm at, that person is a person for whom Christ died. They are an eternal being. Yeah. And they're going to either spend eternity in heaven or hell, or as, as C.S. Lewis says, they're going to be a creature either so beautiful in eternity that I'm going to be tempted to worship, or they're going to be so hideous in torment that it would haunt my nightmares. But the, the, there are no ordinary people. I've never yeah. met one. And I like how you brought that back. I have a hope, but I've also got motivation yeah. for my, my, my service, my ministry now. Mm-hmm. My motivation is, okay, my personal eschatology is sealed, but I don't know about that person's and that I should be motivated in serving. And again, as using our tagline here at the church, helping people find and pursue life in Jesus. All right, Pastor Kevin, one question that maybe our listeners would like to know, members of our church would probably know, but we've got a lot of new attendees who mm-hmm. who may be listening to The Pursuit and really not know. Yeah. Um, what is it that we at Salem Baptist Church hold to regarding yeah. the end times? Yeah. So we hold to its pre-trib, pre-mill um, belief system. That means that the next, the next big event that we expect to take place in in the order of the end times is the rapture of the church. First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, verses thirteen through eighteen, really outline this for us. Paul is writing to the church there in Thessalonica, and he he says, "I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep." Um, and so he explains to them. What has happened with a, a person, a believer's body, a believer's soul? Um, but then also, he gives the outlines for the church there. Uh, what's going to happen with with the rapture? So that's what we believe is going to take place next. Is the Jesus is going to come in the clouds? He's going to rapture up. He's going he's going to take away, call up the church to himself. So the only people that will be left here on this earth are unbelievers at that time. It's going to enter into the tribulation period. And, and by the way, right in there is, is what we call the Bema Seat of Christ, which is the judgment seat um, in which um, those believers are judged. They're not judged for their sin. They're judged based off of the, um, the motivation of their heart, uh, the faithfulness to Jesus and what he has called them to do. But then you get the, the seven years of tribulation. It's, it's really going to be, we believe, to be three and a half years of peace, followed by three and a half years of just intense war and, and persecution on anyone um, who, who comes to know Christ after the rapture takes place. Because people will come to know Jesus after the rapture. But this is going to be a, a time of um, just nastiness here on this, on this earth. But then you got the second coming of Christ at the end of that seven years of, of tri- tribulation where Jesus bodily returns to the earth to defeat Satan um, and, and to defeat anybody who stands with him. Uh, in fact, the Bible talks about the battle of Armageddon. And I'll never forget in Israel when I was there back several months ago, um, standing and looking out over the valley of of. Um, of, I can't remember if it's called Armageddon or Megiddo. Megiddo. Megiddo, that's it. Um, and, and just thinking about what's going to take place there when those forces uh, come together and Jesus riding his white horse. Uh, the, the Bible even says that the blood will be up to the, to the halter the, the, uh, of, of, uh, of Jesus' horse. And um, 
Man, that, that was just something to think about, just picture that taking place in the future. But then that ushers in uh, what we call the millennial reign of Christ, and that'll be a literal 1,000 years of Jesus um, sitting on the throne of David and ruling Israel from Jerusalem. It's going to be a peaceful time. Uh, Satan is bound up during that time. He's, he's not a force in any way. Um, but then comes the great white throne judgment, and that's where all unsaved are going to be judged because their name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's also where Satan is thrown once and for all into the, um, into the lake of fire, and he is ultimately and victoriously defeated. Um, so that that is in a nutshell. And that's the very simple, simple outline. Yeah, but, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that because you know, it's and this is something in our church we we even hold to. We've told people that um, you know this is what we have in our doctrinal statement. This is what we hold to. Um, but you know, for a person to be a part of our church, you don't have to be down the line with us. Um, you had to kind of be in an essential agreement with it. Um, I've, I've told people and, and, and mentioned it before in other places. I hold to a view called the pre-trib rapture, the Christ will return before a tribulation. But I can also see the post-trib arguments. So I use the phrase, I'm I pre-trib in my, my belief, but I'm post-trib friendly. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can see that. But And we can have differences of like that. Oh, Those nice. are small things that we don't fight over. The big focus, Christ is going to return. Yeah. It's a kingdom that's coming because that fulfills everything mentioned in the Old Testament. And... Like you said, I like how you, you said it. Satan is decisively and victoriously mm-hmm. defeated. And then and therein is our hope when the, the kingdom comes and you have eternity. We're looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Well, Pastor Kevin, thanks for joining us here today on The Pursuit. Um, we enjoyed this conversation. If you're a listener and you'd like to know more about what we hold to um, that we could not get into in depth on this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You could info, email us at info at salembaptistnow.org. You could also call our church office 336-722-9437. We'd love to chat with you about uh, these things. We can, in closing this thought today, um, I, I just want to mention Revelation 22 is an invitation. You know, John has been writing about all of this stuff that's going to take place, but then he ends the Bible, ends, ends the book of Revelation by saying, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. And then he says, let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. It's just an invitation to anyone at all who doesn't know Jesus, is not in a relationship with God, and then your, your eternity future is not secure. There is that invitation right there where, where God says, come to me. Anyone, anyone can come. So it's been a joy to talk about this. I enjoy this conversation. Rick, thank you for having me on. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. This has been The Pursuit from Salem Baptist Church. Located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Salem Baptist Church exists to help people find and pursue life in Jesus. We would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook at SalemBaptist underscore WS. Or you can email us at info at salembaptistnow.org.